Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest of And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Ghoul Geek Keith's film pick of the week, Freaks, from 2019, and directed by Zach Lepofsky and Adam Stein. So big of a movie, they needed two directors. So we're going to be talking about it later on in the show, see how that all goes. Maybe we need some ice cream by the end, who knows. But as always, I'm joined by... My co-host and the guy that picked this episode, the bold and the beautiful, the Googie Keith. I like ice cream. Hello, everybody. I like turtles. How you doing tonight? <laughs> yes, welcome back and excited to be talking about this later on in the show. We do have a lot to talk about, but most and foremost, the movie, of course. But we are also joined by the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince of Mars day. Yes, get funky with it. Where's my mirror? Yeah, keep it a fucking, keep it a fresh, boss. This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we, the fucking terror crew, will be coming in your ears for the next two hours with horror news, horror reviews, and all that other kind of cool shit that makes our podcast the baddest motherfucking podcast in all of the motherfucking land. So make sure you listen live. Make sure you listen on Spotify. Make sure you listen on Blog Talk, iTunes, and all that other shit, because it really doesn't matter like a back piece of Babies, we are everywhere, baby. What's up, Fright family? I'm on it. Hi, dude. I'm coming all sorts of flavors here on the show. All different kinds. <laughs> Two scoops for one. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> We're up, it's up to you what choice you make. Rocky Road, chocolate chip, chocolate. I mean, you know, whatever. Have fun. I'm not really a big fan of ice cream, so I don't cup. give a shit. <laughs> ah, that's delicious ice cream. That's the nice and warm kind. Mm, nom, 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 nom. Yeah, gotta love that one. <laughs> Is that a peanut? Is that a corn? I don't know. But, mm. Baby Ruth. Give me two. Give me two scoops of that. <laughs> and we are also joined Always. by the very astute, the very opinionated. Always fun, demonic Dean. Welcome back. In the nick of time. In the nick of time. Uh, I've arrived for yet another special evening here on the one and only Talking Terror radio program. Thank you. And we welcome you back to it. So we we do have uh, a number of things to talk about. (laughs) Uh, But first and foremost, uh, we've been talking about on the show in horror news, but the Don Mancini Chucky TV series premiered last night on both Sci-Fi and USA. I had a chance to watch it. Uh, The ghoul mentioned to me that he had a chance to watch it. But uh, Monkey or Dean, did you have a chance to watch it? So I much viewership. No, I, I. Oh, go ahead, Monkey, please. No, yeah, that's all I was gonna say is I have not. My shifts have been crazy at work, so I was even. I was barely able to squeeze in the movie for this week. Uh, what about you, Dean? Uh, I have not yet had the opportunity to check out this new series at this time, but 
please feel free to speak freely uh, if you if you must. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to give away any spoilers. I know that the, the goal won't either. I just wanted to give my initial thoughts because it is a pilot episode. It was an hour long. Um, I like the direction it's taking. Uh, I wasn't quite a fan of a lot of the Billie Eilish because I'm not a fan of Billie Eilish, and they used a couple of her songs. So minor gripes, things like that. But, you know, Chucky is back. Brad Dorif is in the role once again. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, Devin Sawa showed up in the first episode, which is kind of fun. Uh, I just... I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because it seems like this is the type of series where we know we're going to get Alex Vincent. We know we're going to get Christina Lee McCarthy, Fiona Dorof, Jennifer Tilly. We know they're all going to come in at some point, but honestly, I don't really think that they're quite needed because I kind of am excited to see where the main story goes with this 17 year old homosexual kid in high school who's confused and kind of just trying to figure himself out. Um, And just with this doll, we're going to see what happens. Looks like Chucky's going to have a little bit of slice and dice fun, uh, and this kid may or may not be complicit with it. So, uh, Gould, what did you think of the pilot episode? Uh, yeah, without giving any spoilers away, uh, it was a little slower than I would have liked it to mm-hmm. have been. Um, obviously, we're, we're in a series here, so they've got to develop things over time. I still expect it for at least the pilot to have uh, really kicked off with a bit more of a, a bang. But, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, they, they, they're trying to go back towards the thriller aspect of what the original Child's Play was. We also saw that in Curse of Chucky. Um, oh, yeah. So if you're, ex- if you're expecting, you know, what you saw in Bride or Seed, you're not getting that with the television series. But also you're getting something much better than what you saw in Part 2 and Part 3. So, you know, t- take that for, for what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I- I'll keep up with it. I don't know if I'm going to make sure that I tune in every week to watch it live. I'll probably hmm. wait the next day or the, the day after to, to, to give it a, a viewing. Um, I mean, obviously, if we're going to bring it up here on the show, then I'll probably make sure to at least watch it, you know, Wednesday, if possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't now, know if this is going to be a week. Uh, so go ahead, Dean. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, with this being, this is a series, so uh, this is like weekly, this is like weekly episode drops, Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Episodic. Episodic. Yep. Episodic. Episodic. Uh. So yeah, it is a weekly drop. So yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely going to be watching every episode until it concludes because I, you know, I just want to see it play out. I want to see where it goes. So, but I don't know if we're going to be talking about it every week on the show. Like the Google had said, if he keeps up with it, I'll be happy to talk to him about it on air or off air, whatever it happens. But. You know, I'm all in, and, you know, I think it's a lot of fun. I like the fact that they had a commercial featuring Chucky carving up a pumpkin, and in comes Michael Myers because he carved Michael Myers' face into the pumpkin. And just, what, you didn't like uh, it? That, is, that, must, <laughs> yeah. that must have been yeah, if you great. were watching it live on television because I didn't get that. I was yeah. watching it on Hulu. Oh, I'd, I put it up on the Talking Terror page if you guys want to check it out, but it was a quick 30-second commercial to kind of promote Halloween Kills, but also Chucky and Michael kind of showing up in the same room, which we don't need that. Oh, what? Well, but... And what was the WWE <laughs> promo that Chucky did? Oh, he was watching Monday oh, Night Raw. He's just mad about match. Yeah, no, he's, he was enjoying some Monday Night Wrestling and saying how much he loves it and just watching his fucking well, show. That's basically the show airs on USA, this is so I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. And, and a USA, lot of the promos right, are good. Right, USA and Sci-Fi? Yeah, simultaneously. Yeah, so at the same time. So if you don't have USA, but you have Sci-Fi. 
simultaneous so, yeah, release. The so, best kind. So, yeah, either one of the <laughs> networks is playing it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's worth checking. I personally prefer the slow pace of, like uh, like you said, the curse, um, rather than the frantic, you know, bride and seed versus jokes a minute and it's just gory and silly and fun. I kind of like the, the stalk and slash Chucky a little bit. You know, setting it up where he's a doll, but you know he's a killer, but it's not it's making fun of itself. It's not taking itself seriously either, I, but at the same time, it's, it's taking more of a horror route. Yeah. I, I don't disagree there. Um, I, I think I just wanted a bit more of a, uh, a blend, I guess, of those two. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you take, you know, what we got in the first film and what you get in Curse, and if you kind of marry it just a little bit with Seed, you know, just a touch of it. And I guess we, I guess we did see that. Maybe I just wanted more than... I, I just wanted a little more death for the first episode. You know, I just wanted the ep- the, the series to kick off with, again, with a little bit more fire. Uh, but again, they're they're playing the long game, which is which is good. And yeah, it does feel like very much like they're going back to to the roots of the show, uh, to the roots of the movie series, um, where you could even make the argument as to whether or not Chucky is even real. Um, as far as things go, mm-hmm. as far as who's doing what. So uh, I, I do admire them doing that. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's one of those things where they did cock block you a couple times with Chucky, where you think something cool is going to fucking happen, and then they're like, oh, no, we're going to cut away. You know, oh, push the fake out. Like, <laughs> like, ah. They definitely did that a couple times where I'm like, oh, like there was one moment where I thought somebody was going to get it, and I was like, here it is. No, we're just going to cut away, and we're going to do something else. So I. <laughs> I was like, they're holding it because I guarantee there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. You know, from the the things I saw of upcoming, you know, it looks like they're gonna they're gonna satisfy it when it comes to the bloodshed. So I'm looking forward to seeing how far they go. And you got one f bomb in the episode, so I guess they're sticking to it, like the Dean had mentioned, one f bomb per episode. So yeah, they did one. So I guess we get that. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of nice. Was there really one? I didn't even really. Barely even like There's I knew one. that it happened. I just I just didn't. No, yeah. I knew that it happened. I remember hearing it. I, I just couldn't remember <laughs> if there was only that one or if there were others in there. It's really not what I was, not what I was focusing on. You know, like I was trying to focus no, on no. getting to know these characters, uh, watching Devin Sawa play two characters, um, which I thought was weird. Always, weird choice. Which was which is you know what it is is. You know, I still, for whatever reason, pictured Devin Sawa looking like he did in, like, Final Destination. So, <laughs> yeah. seeing him look yeah. that much older now is like, wow, man. Like, and I get it. We all age. But, yeah, he, uh, oh, of course. He, he's looking like he's, he's come upon rough times. He looked a little bit better without the soul patch. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it, was, it was an interesting choice, but... You obviously had to tell them apart, so it's one of those things where they're twins, but one has a beard, the other one doesn't. You know, it's one of those wacky. Oh, one's the, one's the evil twin. <laughs> uh, well, the, kind of. Yeah, I wouldn't go it. evil. I would say it's more down on his luck type of deal. But yeah, yeah that's about that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Check it out when you get a chance. But yeah, so that's Chucky, the weekly thing, and uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, Monkey and also Ghoul, I know that you've concluded the Marvel series. What if? I did, too. So, uh, Monkey or Ghoul, if you want to take the lead, I'll have my comments here or there about the, what you thought about the season one. Just, it was a fun ride. It really was. It was really well animated, really, really well written. I was, re- like, I just really enjoyed the tit-for-tat lines that were going on throughout the entire thing. It just, it, it, it just kept rolling. It 
the unfortunately the episodes flew by uh most of them mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> um but they, they were just fun, man. But, you know, and I was just enjoying them being one-shots, you know. But, unfortunately, because we're trying to get people to watch them, uh, you know, I guess they had to pull, like, a Russell T. Davies-style ending here. Where we had to wrap all the episodes together and then give us, you know, a two-episode story arc <laughs> because that's what he was famous for doing in, in Doctor Who. Um, but, you know, but I guess it what it is what it is. But... Um, yeah, I, I just had a good time with it. I, I was really pleasantly surprised by this series. All right. And what did you think, Ghoul, overall, season one? Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I have enjoyed the ride of the series. I liked how they built everything. I was surprised. Uh, I really had thought that the whole idea of the what if was everything was going to be similar to the comic book where it was going to be a one shot type of deal. Um, yeah. So it surprised me to see them take it and go the MC, MCU route, which, I mean, obviously all of this is tied into the MCU um, and everything is canon, you know, so to speak. So it's multiversal canon at this point. So, yeah, I mean, for it to all have come together in this big colossal ending, you know, the bringing together a team and, and everything that we've seen done in the MCU itself was a lot of fun. And I think it also... You know, being that it is canon, shows us certain things that we might have thought were true based on Loki, but now show us that it's not quite what we thought. Uh, The Infinity Gems, you know, themselves are only rendered useless in the TVA because it doesn't exist anywhere. Uh, That exists outside of time and space and all of that. So basically you can take dimensional gems, to other, you know, other realms and, and use them. So it's nice to know that there is still a chance that those things are in play. That's why I didn't want to say anything to you guys about Adam Warlock on the, uh, in, the, in the chat feed, you know, because obviously if Ultron can jump dimensions using the, the, the Infinity Stones, then the Infinity Stones can be popped back into the MCU proper, and all of a sudden we might have, uh, you know, Adam Warlock in the Infinity Watch. Hurrah. Did yeah. Mularam get the stones? Mularam. Prepare to meet Kali. <laughs> in hell. <laughs> um, oh, so my favorite King, fucking lies, man. man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, what yeah, me, I, I liked it overall. Um, <laughs> you know, I did like the fact that they had, like, the last two kind of be connecting. You know, I don't mind it when they do that. I also like standalones. But, I mean, for me... Thinking about the season overall, my two favorite episodes were what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark and also what if uh, uh, Thor was an only child. My two favorite episodes because they were, just, they were totally different because I think Killmonger is a fantastic fucking villain and I need more Killmonger mm-hmm. because I think he's great. You know, just Michael B. Jordan plays so well, but just seeing Thor presented as a party guy, which is great. It was, like, he just it like was wanted awesome. to hang out and party. Like it's it, it, was, <laughs> it was my favorite episode. It was hands down my favorite fucking episode. I laughed so goddamn hard <laughs> watching that. Me, yeah, it's like me and the diva both we're just, we're just fucking rolling, you know, and you know, and having <laughs> Thor screaming with <laughs> when he would get scared and shit like that. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, it was just it was great to see the flip though of, of Loki being a frost giant. 
you know, being returned by Odin to his original family and then showing up as a giant. And he's like, oh, my brother from another mother. Brothers! Like, you know, it's it's just (laughs) keeping the comedy in it. And just, it's like a Ferris Bueller Day Off episode where it's like, it's not serious. (laughs) It's funny. You know, Howard the Duck shows up. Like, you know, I mean, it's just just having a good time with the episode. He has to party (laughs) and then he has to clean up real quick before, you know, Ripper comes home. It's the whole premise of the episode, you know. And it was a great break. it was it was a, it was a yeah. John Hughes episode. <laughs> it was, and and who won't want to party with Thor <laughs> and Loki? So, I mean, I, I know I would in a second. So, so Gould, did you have a favorite episode out of the series? Uh, you know what? Out of them all, surprisingly, you know, for me, the one that I did end up enjoying the most—it's uh, kind of a toss-up. It's the Killmonger episode because. Yeah. Again, I similar to the King, I wanted more of him from the film series. I was, you know, completely just devastated that they killed the character because again, I love I love Vince Howard. You know, I love Michael mm-hmm. B. Jordan, man. He is, you know, again, somebody who I, I've been loving his career, loving everything that I've seen him in. So so the more oh, yeah. Michael B. Jordan we get, the the the, the happier person Not I am. Nothing, man. Um the uh, you know the other episode that I ended up really enjoying was the uh, the Doctor Strange episode, you know because again I think it kind of falls that, yeah. into the the whole multiverse stuff that we're starting to build here within the MCU and I think it's kind of cluing things in a bit as far as how crazy some of this can go and visually uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with you know so some more realistic rendering as opposed to you know a full animated series for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the Dino really enjoyed that episode, too. That was, like, one of her favorite episodes as well, just because of, like the first movie, just how metaphysical, you know, th- that episode gets about worlds on top of worlds and layers on top of layers. And, yeah, she, she really enjoyed that one as well. And she she's looking forward to the multiverse movie coming up. <clears throat> all yeah, about be good. But King, I'm so glad you actually got, got caught up, got a chance to watch it, and, and glad you enjoyed it, man. I did. I, like I said, it was a fun ride. All the episodes. I mean, my biggest one that I didn't like was Marvel Zombies. I didn't like it. Like it was okay, but I wanted more. They, but they just didn't give me enough, you know, to make it a full good episode. It had some good moments. You know, I love Spider-Man kind of narrating the entire thing, and like this is how you kill zombies. You know, I mean, and, and having Paul Rudd voice, you know, Ant-Man, Steve Lang, was great. Just him as a head, you know, in a glass <laughs> jar. <laughs> you know, Scott Lang, that's it. But uh, I, I loved it. It was fun. But it was, just, it was the most disappointing of the episodes. I, I thought that the Killmonger one, that's like my number one, followed by Thor. Because, you know, just seeing what could happen, you know, Tony Stark didn't become Iron Man. I thought that was great. And, of course, having Ultron come back. I, I didn't like the voice actor of Ultron kind of annoyed me because he's, he was trying so hard to do a James Spader impersonation. And it wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, there were times that he sounded well, like sounded good, and then other times, yeah, not so much. The, uh, the zombies <laughs> left me a little bit. You know what it is? It wasn't I guess it, I guess in a way it was disappointing. It's just because I wanted more. Yeah. Like I, like mm-hmm. I could take yeah. an entire season of, of yeah. zombies. You know, let us see 
everything that went down. You know, this was almost like an endgame when they did the five years later thing. And you kind of want to know, like, what kind of shit hit the fan in that five-year period? You know, we only get, like, little hints and bits and pieces of it. You know, whereas, like, uh, again, with this, it's like, something happened? Oh, there's zombies everywhere. Um, Yeah. Here we are with Widow and, and, and Hawkeye again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so yeah. Oh, most milk toast duo ever, and they kept going back to him. <laughs> yeah. Just got red and thought it was great when fucking. Somewhere. I just loved it when Scott started vomiting when the zombies started eating people. I was like, oh god, oh no, it was uh, Bruce Banner started fucking vomiting. I just thought it was great. Was like, oh shit, they're eating him. No, no. He got a laugh out of me. But all right. With that being said, what if Chucky? All out of that other way. Uh, Dean, what do you have for horror news tonight? What, what are we talking about? Oh, I thought we would. I thought we would never get there. Oh man. Uh, but I do want to say that uh, we are just around the bend from getting an opportunity to check out Thirteen Fanboy, the upcoming uh, meta Friday the Thirteenth uh, character. Actors that played characters uh, now being stalked in film that uh, has been in the works for quite some time. And uh, just like in the old days when Fangoria put out uh, companion magazines uh, to films such as Jason Goes to Hell and Freddy vs. Jason, uh, Phantasm Media is putting out a 13 Fanboy official companion magazine. Uh, that will be shipping on November 13th. will be clocking in at just $20. Uh, there will be three random issues that will be autographed by cast members, but this magazine will feature behind-the-scenes photos, interviews with the cast, and it is going to be 44 pages. So if that's your kind of thing, uh, you will have an opportunity to check it out. All right, sounds good. Have to do so. I just wanted to tell you about that because some people yeah, might be yeah. interested in, in that sort of thing. Um, David Gordon Green, who has uh, fully entrenched himself in the world of horror, uh, is taking a break from horror as he has been tapped uh, by Disney Plus uh, to direct a movie about the creation of the Disneyland theme park. Uh, there's no time frame as to when this film might be complete. Speculation uh, is that he might work on this in between uh, Halloween Ends and uh, The Exorcist, uh, the upcoming Exorcist relaunch, Uh, but David Gordon Green is going to be stepping out of the horror realm uh, and getting into bed with Disney. So for those of Hmm. you DGG fans out there, uh, that might come as an interesting piece of news that you would have liked to have heard this evening. Hmm. Thank you. Interesting piece of news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. So good to see him back on the bar a little bit. I mean, he's ju- all right. He's jumping right back in with the Exorcist anyway, so it's not like you know taking that long of a break. He's, he's got the Exorcist yeah. trilogy that he's working on. So, yes, and I have now. some stuff about that a little bit down down the down the down the, down the list here. So we'll we'll get cool. to that. Cool. Uh, but nice. we're getting closer and closer. Uh, it's been so it's been so delayed, and we're getting closer and closer to getting a chance to see Ghostbusters Afterlife, and mm-hmm. 
uh, Jason Reitman, uh, Ivan Reitman's son, who has directed this film, has says has is saying now that Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, has opened uh, the door for more stories, and that he is already looking to the future. Uh, with that being said, uh, Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman have created a company called Ghost Corpse, and the sole purpose of that company is to develop <laughs> oh, uh, to develop films, shows, animated series, and games that will help build out a Ghostbusters universe. Uh, a long dream of Dan Aykroyd's. Um, so uh, that is what's going up on the world of Ghostbusters. And then uh, Ernie Hudson, uh, who famously played uh, Winston Zedmore uh, in the Ghostbusters films, uh, recently appeared on an installment of something called Jake's Takes, where he was promoting uh, a season of the BET Plus series, The Family Business, uh, that he works on, where he revealed that a fourth Ghostbusters movie could potentially already be in progress. Uh he said that he'd be honored if they gave him the opportunity to participate in a fourth film, but he has heard rumors that they're already working on a new one. So we'll see, he said. So um, potentially things are already fired up with the, I guess, anticipation of a, of a big, successful uh, relaunch of the Ghostbusters universe. Yes, that is interesting. You know, a, a further Ghostbusters universe, another sequel. I mean, I think it's going to do good. I mean, I think it's going to do enough. I definitely think it's going to make back its budget and then some. But, I mean, I don't know if, if it's going to lead to more movies. Uh, we'll see, you know, but, you know. If it makes it's bank, just be one it will probably lead, yeah. it will probably lead to more movies if it makes bank. And being that it has its uh, kind of second half of November uh, release date, uh, as uh, I don't know about uh, everywhere else, but I know in my area, uh Delta numbers and COVID numbers uh, have once again uh, lowered to the point where there's been some uh, mask uh, restrictions have been kind of eased for certain environments. Uh, so uh, if things continue on that trajectory, uh, like more people might be more comfortable going to the theater than, than they are right at this time in, in mid-October. So yeah. it'll be curious to see what happens. I know they're trying to get things I out just, there. Yeah. I mean, I just wonder if, if Paul Feige's out there somewhere hearing this news and he's just tapping his Ghostbusters 2 script on the table going, all right, all right, now's my chance. I can go back and do it. This one's successful. <laughs> Everybody wants to see the girls come back. I can do it. We'll see. Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, yeah, sit down, sit down. Hey, listen, sit down. <laughs> with the success of the MCU and all these other franchises that have created these, you know, these, these universes. I mean, of course, they're, they're going to look to make this the biggest thing. They, if they are, I'm absolutely sure they are already in the works of writing a sequel to this film. Um, it's oh, yeah. a matter of whether or not they're going to dedicate you know, everything to it, and that'll be based on what the success of the film is. And even if it's a, a moderate success in theater, which I think it will be, um, I think there's enough buzz about it right now, um, to even in these, these COVID days where there will be people going to see it. Um, you know, I think that'll translate to, to another film being made, at, at the very least. If not, again, if they, they want to branch out and try to do something bigger, would be interesting. I, I'd I like feel to see that what they, they would do. 
yeah, I feel that if they're going to try to branch out and do something bigger, I truly believe in, in that, that it, a, a big part of that might depend on how successful it is with a, with a younger audience. Um, yeah, that's a good as point. As far as building out a universe, I feel like if this, and if, you know, it has some familiar faces uh, playing the younger characters um, with Homeboy from Stranger Things, um, and uh, which is, you know, I know that kids are still waiting uh, for the fourth season. This just came up in my classroom the other day uh, with, uh, you know, students talking about how much they're looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, if it catches on with the younger audience, I feel that is the key uh, to them, like, trying to kind of build out a bigger universe. Not necessarily the key to them making a sequel, uh, but, like, going, like, trying to spread it out further uh, might depend on that. At least that's what I think. I don't disagree. I mean, it's, I think, again, it comes down to, you know, obviously the, the money made, the demographic that, that's doing it, and... You know what the studio that owns it wants to do. You know, I think something. I think something like Ghostbusters would do if, like, let's say they went into a series. You know, that's going to do well on like a shit. You know, you, you put enough money into it, maybe put that on a, a Peacock or a, you know what a, a Paramount Plus <laughs> right. or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, that's that's going to be a, a draw. You know, I think, but yeah, again, that does come down to to the success of the film and how they actually market everything. Yeah, what brand is this going to fall under? Like, what what studio is this going to be? A Columbia. It would have to be Columbia Pictures because that's who owns the rights to the first Ghostbusters. Unless there was so a that, a change of hand somewhere along the line. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Uh, that's true. It could be Paramount. You know, because I know Columbia is one that released uh, the first one and the second. So. I don't know. Uh, uh, Ghostbusters yeah, Afterlife. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is uh, Columbia Pictures. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Columbia Pictures. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm Columbia. trying to figure out. Uh, yeah. Because I was just trying to figure out, you know, like, like they were saying, if going to expand the thing and make it bigger and all that kind of shit, you know, where the hell's the ride going to go? What theme park? But if it's Paramount, then I guess that would be King's <laughs> Dominion. <laughs> well, no. Well, Columbia well, has Sony, so that yeah. that yes, now it's Columbia falls Pictures. into that that other weird realm the, because Sony doesn't have anything hmm. really locked down with anybody right now. Right, Universal so, Studios. Well, it is. To, to, <laughs> no, no. To comment on what the ghoul is saying there, uh, as I'm looking here, uh, as far as production, uh, it's, it was produced by uh, Columbia Pictures, and the rights. Uh, the rights are owned by. That's funny. I was talking about Ghost Corps. The rights are owned by Columbia Pictures Ghost Corps, and uh, the distribution is being handled by Sony Pictures. I guess, I guess those companies are intertwined. Hmm. That makes sense. And plus, like what the monkey was saying about the ride, they had the Ghostbusters thing at Universal years ago, back in the late '80s, early '90s. That was Universal. So I would guarantee you, if they're going to do something again, it'll be at Universal. Those have to take out another ride. Who knows what they're going to do? <laughs> you know, I always miss the, that think, live show. Never made it. I, I'm thinking more as far as like you know, streamability. You know, well, I guess is that I, I guess that's not a term. I guess it is now. Streamability. Streamability. Shit like that. Streamability. You know, like where where can they stream? Don't it? cost Who's the stream. Who's going to pay for it? You know, <laughs> I guess Universal falls on uh, if it is if it does go to Universal. Then that would be, I think, what uh, HBO Max, I believe, has that. So, 
I think they're the ones yeah. that have to deal mm-hmm. with them right now. We'll see. <laughs> big... Can't wait to see it either way when it comes out in theaters in November. But, all right, Dean, what's next? Uh, so, uh, movie site Joe Blow and their horror wing Arrow in the Head have announced uh, the uh, creation of for the holiday season uh, their uh, their very own YouTube channel uh, that is called simply the Paranormal Network, uh, featuring such original shows as uh, We Want to Believe, The Bigfoot Show, UFO Show, Mytheries, and more. Uh, what I wanted to talk about, though, was their new show called Mytheries, uh, and it's going to feature a Halloween Legends episode that's going to look into the origins of Halloween. It's going to be looking into the beliefs Myths, legends that have shaped uh, the holiday, and this special about Halloween is currently streaming on their YouTube channel, The Paranormal Network. The horror thing is called Check Arrow in the Head. I guess their, their porn is probably called Dick in the Butt, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> well, Arrow in the Head has been for a long time. They're pretty, yes, they're pretty very, very long. On board yeah. All right, so I'll have to check that out. Check out their YouTube channel. Nice. All right. What do you have next? Uh, so we know we're just a short couple of days away uh, until Halloween Kills is unleashed across the theaters and the streaming. Uh, but uh, apparently a petition uh, is circling the <laughs> Internet right now oh. uh, by a firefighter <laughs> family. A family of fighter fires are saying that the sequence in Halloween Kills, and we've seen a piece of this in the trailer, uh, where uh, Michael Myers uh, kills firefighters are, uh, should be removed from the film. Uh, that uh, they find this very offensive to firefighters, uh, so they've started an online petition, which truly means nothing because anybody uh, mm. can go on the internet and start a petition. Uh, I have I no have. idea what kind of uh, <laughs> signatures are, are have been collected. Uh, just because they say that they're doing this, you know, uh, it means it means truly it means absolutely nothing. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's been going on. Firefighters are offended because apparently in the film, firefighters get killed. I'm surprised though because <laughs> Michael Myers has killed firefighters, uh, police officers, uh, doctors, nurses. Um, and we haven't seen anybody from those lines of work that I know of that have petitioned. Uh, I mean, he violently killed uh, at least two police officers in Halloween 2018 uh, in their squad car. Um, so <laughs> He's okay who knows, who knows uh, what's going on there. But I just thought I would share that with you because it is uh, some Halloween uh, kills uh, news. Yeah, really, that's interesting. Good old people oh, complaining anyway, about stuff to complain about. Complaining about stuff. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I can have a nice position started. Hey, how about justice for the Haddonfield Memorial Hospital workers in Halloween too? In because of <laughs> yeah, that, real. they yeah. were underpaid and understaffed, and Michael just came underpaid in there and, and killed them. Yeah, and they needed yeah, underpaid, understaffed. <laughs> they did, a, you know, in a hot tub, a bubbly, Listen, a bubbly yeah. bath. The problem is, is there's just not enough problems in the real world. You know, so because we have such a lack of real-world issues and problems, we have to come up with problems about fictional worlds. Because, sure, 
That makes sense. I mean, I don't know. It's you know what? Haddonfield is a fictional world. It's, it's a hype thing, no matter what. You know what? Bad press is good press because it's press. Okay, I don't think for the most part firefighters should really care less. And I'm sure the people fucking sending this petition all over the internet on like Change.org or wherever fucking retarded thing that they're fucking putting <laughs> it through, you know, or sending it out there to, like all these grandmothers who are like, oh no, this is a horror movie and he kills he kills firefighters. That's that's terrible. Um, yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it when you go. You know, I, I, I have to say, I just, I, I do have to say that, like, I wasn't even planning on seeing this film, and then I heard that they killed some firefighters, so now I'm buying a ticket. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Look what you did. See, see, your petition went yeah. the wrong way, people, and, and now that's you right. got the dean going to see a movie that he had no intention of going to see. I had no intention of seeing <laughs> this film, but a firefighter gets killed. I'm there. I'm there. This is I mean, this is uh, this, guy, you know, this, yeah. is, this is the content I'm there for. I wonder I'm if that's why Backdraft came out because twice. like a whole bunch of firefighters <laughs> got killed in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's why you were killing Backdraft when you were in high school. <laughs> yeah, so where yeah. was the protest I, about that? I saw that in the theater. It's just, I mean, this guy's making a stand. This is his 9/11. Like, this is his, like, I got to make a stand, guys. Like, firefighters are dying in this movie. Haddonfield, Illinois is a real fucking place for this guy. But we need to go there and do something. The fucking guy in a white mask and he's going around killing people. Like, what's fucking next? Santa Claus and the Santa suit killing people? Lifeguards <laughs> like Baywatch? I mean, come on now. Yeah. Erica Oleniak, the first blonde bush I ever saw. <laughs> I mean, we need to petition the waters. You know, petition that fucking mayor that opened up the beaches in Jaws. Those people died <laughs> under his watch. And he got reelected twice. You knew. There's a petition for that guy. Damn <laughs> that sheriff. You knew, <laughs> you knew and you let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. That shark's got to eat. Where is that petition? Change that org, people. We need to hold that mayor accountable. I mean, he's well, these days, I swear to God. But see, that's the thing. These days, people would petition for the beach to stay open because it would be against their rights <laughs> to get out there in the water and be eaten. I mean, have any of us actually seen a shark? Pretty sure that sheriff's making it up. Him and his yeah. fucking conspiracy theories about a shark. I've never seen one. Have Fuck you, Bill? Is. No. <laughs> Underwater fucking eating machines. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> There's no such thing. I'm getting in that fucking water. No such thing as sharks. Fish, maybe. Sharks, I think it stretches. It's just bluefish. I haven't seen one. <laughs> Don't even get me started right, on James, those so fucking whales. It's just <laughs> oh. sticking with some David Gordon green stuff. Uh, there's so many. Okay. Uh, so many. Uh, he says that the Hellraiser series that he is working on for HBO Max is still only in the very early stages of development. Uh, this is not to be confused uh, with the upcoming Hellraiser reboot film uh, that will be coming out on Hulu. Uh, but news for uh, that is that the new Pinhead has been casted. Uh, female actress Jamie Clayton, which, uh, you know, in the, you know, in some misogynistic corners of the internet, people are not happy about that, but uh, it has been said, and I have never read this, it is said that in the uh, original Hellraiser novella, uh, that Pinhead mm -hmm. character was genderless uh, with a feminine-sounding yep. voice. 
so Correct. Uh, a female actress has been cast as Pinhead for the Hulu uh, film. Again, not con- to be confused with the early developmental stages of the uh, Hellraiser series uh, that David Gordon Green uh, is working on. Yeah, and I was, I was excited has... about that news. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You have real information. I was excited just... for that news. Uh, Jimmy Clayton is a trans actress. So that was like a double fucking whammy for like these horror people. Very just, cool. Her fucking minds are blown. Like she's a trans actress. She's fantastic. You know, and their fucking minds exploded. They're like, oh my god! Like, I was like oh, guys, calm down. It's a fictional fucking character that's, that's supposed to be genderless. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm like, all right, <laughs> guys. <laughs> like, can we just fucking chill out? <laughs> like, it was bad enough for awesome. people, but no, it's a transgender person. <laughs> you know, there's a guy puking yeah. on the street. Like, people are rioting. You know, Doug Bradley's just crying in a corner, rocking back and forth. Like, no, it's fine. Like, it, Clyde Barker, he's gay. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he writes a lot of homoerotic yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's smoking oh, fire hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a there's the family of fighter fighters. Too, okay? <laughs> there's a family... <laughs> Nightmare LC too. There's a family of firefighters that started a petition about the casting of uh, Jamie Clayton as uh, as Pinhead in the new Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, the firefighters starting a change our campaign. Yeah. Hey, we just heard about the uh, Jamie Clayton thing. Different, not happy. Different family of firefighters, I believe, but I but I, I'm not. I can't be certain about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I, I never even saw it. Firefighters could be in the movie, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, my name is Joe. I'm a firefighter about 15 years. Listen, I never saw a Hellraiser movie in my entire life, but this is fucking disgusting, okay? Because, like, the fucking guy, he's a dude, right? He's got pins in his head. Obviously, he's got a fucking cock. You know what? Keep it that way. Because I'm a firefighter, and I know what I like about horror movies. I like dudes with pins in their head killing people. It takes a man. It takes a man to run hell and, and torture and torture people like that, okay? Obviously... That guy's never been married before because I can tell you right now, women run hell. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he hasn't seen any action. He's been in hell for a long time. You can see all the whips and all the chains. He's into some stuff. I don't know. I'm not judging. I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying, Jimmy Clayton, you're not my pinhead. I'll need to watch the movies to be sure, but nah. Yeah, I've seen enough, uh, all right? <laughs> something not my president thing, you know? Not my pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for those hashtags to start popping up. No, my pinhead, change.org. Make it happen. Hey, my sadomasochistic <laughs> pinhead semen from hell. No way, no <laughs> how. <laughs> well, King, I ain't letting no woman tear my soul apart. <laughs> you already had this conversation in real life, haven't you? You've already talked about this. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, me? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm saying you had this talk at work with someone who came up to you and was like, hey, did you hear about the news about Pinhead? And they were all upset and in your face about it. And you were like, well, what do you know about Pinhead? And they were literally like, well, I don't know that much. I've only seen one, one or two of the movies. But it's not yeah, I've right. only seen part of the first one. Yeah, they saw part of the first one. And they were just, their minds were made up. No way, dude. Yeah, he didn't even see the whole movie. Doesn't know how it ends. Jesus wept. Doesn't know their sequels. <laughs> yeah, he, he wept when that. he heard that a, a transgender woman's going to be pinhead. I was like, no, I'm all fucking for it. But it happened. 
cares? Fucking pinhead generalists in the book. Like, just like the Dean said. So just let it happen. You know, there's been other movies without Doug Bradley in it. I don't know if those people realize it. I don't want to mention it to them because they might start crying. <laughs> you know, Doug Bradley has been pinhead. They should make and, all the you know, <laughs> as one so Go that route with all has... of them. You know, this way it is as androgynous <laughs> as it can possibly go. Get Hunter Schaefer in there. You know, that uh, he plays Jules. <laughs> She plays Jules on uh, on Euphoria, you know. And mm-hmm. I, that's that's I, that's how I would go with it. You know what I mean? I think that would, that would be a, a fun way to play it. There you go. What were you saying, Dean? I was saying, as one who has not seen uh, all of the uh, Hellraiser films, it is a series that I do understand uh, that had massively increasing uh, like. The general consensus is that that series has had a massive, massively diminished returns uh, with each passing film in that series. And, you know, uh, maybe, just maybe, uh, you know, it, it's time for a change, <laughs> you know, of any kind uh, when it comes to that series. So uh, it's not like we're talking about, um, you know, excellent films. And, and you can make that case for all of the shit that we watch in the grand scheme of things. But, um <laughs> You know, I know when it comes to like the long time, I know that when it comes to the long time running series that are out there in our genre, uh, that uh, the the Hellraiser, all of the Hellraiser sequels, uh, with each passing one, are very, very, very lowly regarded. Um, Oh yeah. You know, be happy (laughs) if you're a Hellraiser fan out there. Maybe be happy that there's going to be more in two different formats uh, with the series as well. And, you know, be happy that now maybe it is the, the right time for a change, given the, the garbage they've been pumping out under the um, under the Hellraiser banner for the last 30-something years. So, um, so yeah. Well, again, I think that yeah, also so, comes so. down to whether or not you're a fan of the source material or whether mm-hmm. you're just simply a fan of the movie series. Because, I mean, the movie series coming out when it did... You know, for as as unique and original as it was, it did also take the beats from the more popularized movies like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth and other slashers of that nature. Because, Absolutely. You know, studios studios like to make money. You know, so you couldn't of go, course. and you also didn't have the the, the effects ability to you know make something that that was fully representative uh, of what they they painted in, in the stories themselves. So I, I and think given what I just can, said, uh, stay true and give us today's hell. And that's just mm-hmm. it. And as far as staying true, like as far as people years, you know. that maybe are fans of the source material, like this is probably welcome news because it sounds like it does more closely align with the source material than yeah. uh, than what has been d- delivered in throughout the film series. So, uh, you know, well, who knew we'd have such passionate discussion about the Hellraiser series this evening? <laughs> 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 well, what's next? What do you got? Uh, more uh, to talk about from David Gordon Green. Uh, he was speaking about his upcoming uh, Exorcist trilogy and did say that at this time, uh, only the first film has been written. Uh, you know, the the loose uh, cast, uh, sorry, the loose plot uh, synopsis at this point is that Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, plays a character who tracks down uh, Ellen Burstyn's um, Chris McNeil character uh, after his child has become uh, possessed uh, because he is aware of the history that that she has had with this. So uh, that is the loose cast. But one of the things that he talked about is that he was recently 
uh, been chatting with Ellen Burstyn, who revealed to him that uh, she in her home uh, has actually still has uh, some of the furniture that was used uh, in the McNeil residence in the original film uh, on set, that somehow she ended up with some of the furniture and still has it, and told David Gordon Green that she was planning on getting rid of it and did he want it, and he was like, are you out of your fucking mind? Of course I do. So uh, it's possible that there will be some original set pieces uh, from the very first Exorcist film in the upcoming uh, Exorcist uh, film. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of a cool little tidbit, um, you know, that all this time later someone would still be, you know, having fucking, you know, lazy boy chairs and fucking sofas and shit from, uh, or the living room chair, whatever it was, um, you know, all this time later. So, uh, you know, we, I got a couch, I got a new couch fucking three years ago, and it's a piece of shit, I already need a new one. I can't even think about having this couch for the next 30 fucking years. So, um, <laughs> that's what's going on there. So I just wanted to share that with you all. And that wraps up the David Gordon Green portion uh, of okay. our evening. Uh, but there are a couple of things I did uh, want to mention. And okay. uh, the first of those is that Ridley Scott, uh, who is a executive producer of the upcoming Noah Hawley Alien series, uh, even though he's the executive producer, he has said that there is just no way uh, that it's going to be as good as the original movie, um, which, mm. you know, probably is 100% accurate, but it's interesting to hear the executive producer say that about a project that he's executively producing. Um, Noah Hawley, uh, speaking about this series, has promised us uh, that he is going to be blending the horror of the first film uh, with the action Blended of the man. second film uh, to deliver us a very scary thrill ride. And, um, you know, that's what's going on uh, with that. Uh, so, some alien stuff on the horizon. And then, uh, it wouldn't be uh, Talking Terror without uh, bringing up uh, The Walking Dead. I don't know about any of you, but I am fully caught up uh, as far as the mm-hmm. flagship series is concerned. Uh, they just, uh, this past Sunday, was the eighth episode of the final season. There'll be 16 more. It was the eighth uh, episode and the final episode for the first part, uh, you know, and we'll, this show will be on break until February uh, when it will air another eight episodes and then probably, like always, in October, the final eight episodes of the flagship uh, series. So I'm all caught up and I'm enjoying Oh, we're it. at the mid-season uh, finale already? I didn't watch this past Sunday. Not the mid-season. <laughs> it's the third. It's the third you know what I'm okay, so the the first third of the uh, yes. the thirds. Okay, yes. all right. So yeah, I, I just didn't watch it Sunday. I was I'm caught up otherwise. So right. I'm one I'm okay, one back. Cool. You're one back. So cool. Yeah, man. Uh, so the third that that one. You know, I'll be looking forward to your thoughts once you wrap that up. And uh, I'm here better to tell you that happened. we <laughs> <laughs> we um we know uh, what happening in the world of The Walking Dead. Uh, the second series of The Walking Dead World Beyond is airing its second and final season uh, right now, and uh, The Walking Dead uh, Fear the Walking Dead seventh season is currently airing. Uh, we're about to start airing. Uh, but we know there's going to be the Daryl and Carol uh, spinoff show, 
which I was just talking mm. about this with a ghoul, is quite a bummer that they announced it because uh, whenever either of those two characters are in like a sticky situation, like you know they're gonna fucking get out of it because oh, yeah. one of the things yep. one of the things The Walking Dead has uh, done throughout its years is uh, you know killed off main characters or newer main characters. Uh, you know, in all kinds of ways, uh, knowing that these two are going to have another series, you know, like just right the past several episodes of what's currently happening, Daryl has been in like a, a tense situation, but you really not that tense because you know, he's going to be in another series and that somehow he's going to make it. So anyway, uh, the walking dead universe has announced, uh, another series and, oh, God. uh, this is. Uh, going, it's been ordered straight to series. Uh, we'll be debuting in the summer of 2022, and this is going to be called Tales of the Walking Dead. Uh, they have been ordered uh, six one-hour episodes, and this is going to be an anthology uh, series. Uh, each hour-long episode will focus on both new as well as established characters uh, based on the larger world of The Walking Dead. Uh, bringing new voices, perspectives, and ideas. Uh, so not only is there going to be the Carol and Daryl Roadshow, uh, there will also be the Tales of the Walking Dead, at least for six episodes, uh, anthology. Man, I remember reading, <laughs> I remember read, reading Walking Dead when it first, first came out. I started with issue three, had original issue, just ke- and I uh, kept reading until like issue 65. And I just thought it was cool that Robert Kirkman had this original comic and he was an original creator and, you know, he was picking up pace. And now it's like, all I can do is just be like, dude, it is so awesome. You just got to be sitting back just counting that fucking money now from all these series that are just spewing all over the place, man. It's just, well, <laughs> just enjoy it, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, in between, uh, in between uh, the last season, season 10 and... Uh, this current final main season 11, you know, they did that mini season of six episodes uh, and each episode focused on like just one or one or two characters. And not every one of those was a great episode, uh, but some of them were really, really good. And the final of those episodes, which was the Negan episode is I think, you know, probably one of the top 10 walking dead episodes of all of all inclusive of all walking dead. So, if the anthology series can bring programming like that, uh, you know, I, I, I do have I do have hopes for it. I know that you know the the massive audience for The Walking Dead has you know long since gone. Uh, you know, they still have a large viewership, but not like in the in the in the heyday. Um, hmm. And uh, with those kinds of viewership numbers, you don't want it to just maybe go away completely, but. I feel like if they can deliver, you know, these one-hour stories and make them engaging, uh, like they did those mini episodes, it, it, there's some potential there. Not to mention yeah. the fact that, uh, you know, we don't even know the status of what's going on with the three feature-length films, uh, you know, <laughs> surrounding the character of Rick. Uh, whatever is going to happen with those, so uh, a lot, a lot of irons in the Walking Dead fires, even though the, the main series is, is coming to an end uh, late next year. All right. Now, what's next? next? I'll tell you what's next. Uh, Tomorrow. Do it. uh, If you you tune (laughs) in uh, tomorrow uh, to the John Carpenter's 
uh, artist channel on YouTube, uh, John Carpenter, his son Cody, and his godson uh, Daniel Davies, who all worked together on the Halloween Kills soundtrack, are going to be doing a live uh, advanced listening party to the Halloween Kills soundtrack, as well as participating in a Q&A uh, with those who uh, tune in uh, to listen to this, with uh, all three of them participating. So if you want the opportunity to kind of like hang out and listen to music with John Carpenter and maybe get a chance to ask him a question, uh, you know, uh, check out his YouTube page uh, tomorrow. Uh, let me just get a, a time real quick. I didn't make note of the time. I don't know if this sounds like something interesting to any of you, uh, but, uh, you know, yeah. some people might find this interesting. I feel like this is the kind of thing that the King of Horror might check out. Uh, that's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern uh, tomorrow night. Okay. Join the live stream listening party on Thursday. Excellent. And, right. um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, the news uh, of, of the day that this might be a, a fine time to, to wrap up this portion of the program. So, <laughs> so you, you're just not going to talk about the screen trailer that dropped? Oh, do we want to talk about that? Kind of. Kind of, a, okay. oh, kind of an iconic ladies series. And gentlemen, listening to Talking Terror, if you were not aware of this already, uh, the trailer for the upcoming fifth screen film uh, has dropped. Uh, they announced last week that this screen trailer has been rated and is going to be coming very soon. And uh, soon has finally arrived, and uh, we have a chance to have seen uh, the screen trailer. Now, uh, I will tell our loyal listening audience the same things that I've told my co-hosts, and that is while uh, I admittedly did not see the fourth entry in the Scream series and have no idea to its quality or whether it was good or not, um, I did watch this Scream 5 trailer, simply as we know, the film is titled Scream, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I thought the, tra- the trailer was entertaining, got me interested a little bit, thought it was kind of tight, um, so I'm curious to hear what you all have to say about it. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I thought it was okay. I wasn't really that impressed. Um, it just seemed like it's another Scream movie. Uh, they didn't really do anything that made me think this is going to be either better than the, the previous installment or, or just, <clears throat> you know, an exciting entry. Uh, it's obviously bringing the characters back together. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to cut, cut you off. I apologize. Uh, but what I was just going to say no, is, it's like, fine. I yeah. feel that if I maybe my – I feel like maybe my feelings – uh, would be different if I saw or really knew anything about the fourth film. Uh, but being that uh, mm. it's been, first of all, it's been so many years since I've seen the third one, and I do remember like being just kind of tired and bored by the series uh, by when I was watching the third one, uh, and maybe it's just enough time has passed. But since I haven't seen those characters or, uh, you know, been involved in the screen world in any way since the third film, you know, maybe that's why... That, that could be a reason why I found this one to, to be kind of enticing to me. Uh, so maybe I would have... Yeah, yeah. the, the fourth one is only a few years ago, so maybe if I saw the fourth one, I'd feel the same way you do about this one, but I haven't, so just wanted to make that clear. Okay, well, what were you saying? You know, it, yeah. Well, it just to me, it just it seemed like it's just getting the, the main uh, legacy cast together, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, you know, uh, Nev Campbell. Hey, it's happening again, but this time it's different. Like, okay, well, all right. 
still a guy calling people, still a guy using a voice changer, Ghostface. Uh, you know, if anything, I just hope the kills are cool. You know, and obviously from the trailers, it does not look like my dreams are going to happen and we're not going to get a cold open where the three of them get killed. Looks like it's going to take a long time. Looks like it's going to be them fighting throughout this movie and then dying at some point or not at all. I don't know, but that's what underwhelmed me because you're showing these characters in different scenes in the movie. It's like, obviously they're, they're, they're going to be okay till a certain point. You know, Dewey's going to get fake killed at some point. He's going to get stabbed to the head <laughs> or in the back. And he's going to be like, I'm okay guys. And it's like, yeah, all right. So we'll see you in the sequel, you know, but I, I just want to see something permanent done. You know, kill Sydney, kill Dewey, kill, you know, uh, Gale. Do something. I know, you know, and who knows? Uh, Matthew Lillard says Stu's might come back, you know, for, for Scream 5. I think he's just talking. I don't think he's actually going to say it. But, uh, yeah, Ghoul, Monkey, did you see the trailer? What did you think? Yeah, I saw the trailer. And, um, yeah, it just looked like another Scream movie. It, you know, it, it was just giving away <laughs> So much, like, again, you know, like, what we talk about, like, with trailers lately, it's like, you know, they're showing too many money shots in, in these trailers, and, you know, important parts that, put, you know, could, could possibly be part of the movie here, it's like, you don't need to show all that you're showing, you know, all you gotta do is, if anything, you know, just stick with the opening sequence, with what you were doing, and just leave it be, that's all you need. That's it. What do you think, Gould? Yeah, I think that, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if it went and showed all that much. I mean, you know, it, it, it did what basically all trailers are doing these days. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it looks like another Scream movie, which, you know, I wouldn't expect it to look like anything else. You know, I've enjoyed the Scream franchise. The only movie out of the series I didn't like was the third one. I enjoyed the fourth one. Um, you know, not as much, obviously, as the first one, but... Still, I, I, I did like it. I liked it better than the third film. Uh, I also liked the first season of the series that had come out. So, mm-hmm. you know what? They're doing another yeah. Scream. I, I hope, honestly, I hope that in true Wes Craven Scream fashion, like he did in 96, you know what? Surprise the shit out of us. You know, let these trailers be misleading. Yeah. Kill all three yeah. of the main characters mm-hmm. in the beginning of the fucking movie. Do a Drew so Barrymore cool. with them. That would blow yeah. my fucking mind. I'd be like, holy yeah. shit, now we're in a new ball game here. You know, let female pinheads yeah. in. You know, something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the same with you. I like the first two. Three is just fucking atrocious. Like, it shouldn't even exist. Uh, four was okay. Again, I just had a problem with them trying to bring in a female Randy with uh, Hayden Pentieri as Kirby. Where she has a bookshelf so with a couple DVDs on it. She's so but hot. I just so hot. It doesn't matter. Her character. That that's just that's character. always the ghoul's excuse. The ghoul's excuse is but, always she's so hot, so everything is forgiven. No. <laughs> Dude, I don't, she looks I'm like not that. Man. She could be telling me yeah. she's a huge fan of Friday the thirteenth <laughs> while pointing to her Halloween DVDs and I wouldn't care. <laughs> no. I'm not saying you're wrong because she is she is hot. I'm not saying that, but it's just the fact that they made her a – tried to make her a female Randy. Like, just make her a character. Just have her like movies. Like, they tried to make her seem like she was super nerdy in the horror films. She has a bookshelf in her home with 10 DVDs on it, and the guy that's into her is like, oh, man, look at this fucking collection. I was like, what are you fucking talking about? Exactly. She's got 10 movies. She's hot. And she's got, you know – just like <laughs> the, don't make her the – like, Randy would have a fucking gigantic room dedicated to movies. 
and you're trying to make her the okay. female Randy. So, no, I'm good. Like, you know, Randy <laughs> wasn't hot. You know what I mean? That's, that's the Randy got laid. There, you know, like back. Randy got laid. <laughs> so, yeah. That guy had sex. He admitted it in part three. He got down to the video store. That's every fucking guy's dream. That's a horror movie fan or a movie fan in general. It's a fucking a video store. And he did it. Sure thing, <laughs> Good man. on Randy. Because Randy definitely looked like he was dripping in the pussy when it came to the Scream franchise. You know? Only that, has to happen once. That's funny dichotomy Only has happened always once. have. You have these, this, this sexy-ass horror chick, you know, but the, the horror, like, equivalent in the male form is, like, you know, your typical nerd fashion. But yeah, again, that's, well, that's I mean, playing with stereotype, and I love that. That's part of what made the series good. That's also yeah. what made the first one good, because while Randy was the horror nerd, they all knew about horror movies. Like, even Billy Loomis, Skeet Ulrich, fucking sex pot in that movie for all the women. He knew about horror movies. He was watching The Exorcist, yes. and he got his fucking heart on. Sucking that and went to go see his girlfriend. Finger, man. Fuck, yeah, dude. <laughs> mm. You know, fake what? Same he's as got his, he carry. Like, you know dude. he's got his red wings. Oh, man, you know. You know, he would eagerly go down. Like, he was chopping on some joke, you know, late at night. It wasn't Sydney, it was somebody else because you know that he was cheating. But still, he knew about the exorcist. He knew about Psycho. He, you know, they were savvy and he was good looking. Randy's just the fucking guy that sits around writing rules for horror movies all day long and hopes that he can impress people. He still had sex. Still counts. All it takes is one. <laughs> somebody said, I want that dick. And he got down to the video store. So good for you, sir. All it takes is one. So, as far as I'm concerned, hey, somebody had it. So, good for Randy. You know, Kirby probably gets it all, but that's all right. She's got 10 DVDs on her shelf. Who the fuck cares? Just, I want you down <laughs> in bed. Care how many movies you have on your shelf? Oh, you have a copy of Maniac? So do I. All right, so let's just have sex. <laughs> Dude, if you found was, a was... chick who had a copy of Maniac in her DVD collection, you would lose your shit. <laughs> yeah, but she wouldn't be hot. She would be she would be bigger than I am, and she just would not be happy about it. And she'd be like, I don't know. Okay, like my boyfriend is going to call me anytime now. Back to the juggalette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be a, yeah exactly. It would be a juggalette, and she would have a boyfriend in Canada that she doesn't see anymore, but he still calls her. So yeah, that would be it. You know, it wouldn't be like a sex like a, mm, you know, I do like Joe Spinell and Maniac, my favorite movie. <laughs> Like, oh, no, that doesn't exist. That doesn't happen in this world. (laughs) (laughs) Those girls do not exist. And if they did, they look like me, except a little more attractive. Just put a wig on me, and that's the type of girl that you're going to (laughs) get. No, they do exist. Except they're called the Twisted Twins. In in this day and age, (laughs) there are plenty of girls out there that are, are plenty hot of all shapes and sizes, colors, forms, the whole night. Some have tattoos, some don't. They are all out there, man. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's a very generalized comment for you to make, King. Very, very rude. Oh, well, yeah, I'm just talking about from my experience. I've only met, I've only met like a handful. I'm just talking about the really, the dregs like me that sit in front of their laptop writing fucking Halloween fan fiction. That's the type (laughs) that you want to avoid. Maybe you should send some of that to David Gordon Green. Yeah, but the thing is, he wouldn't use it. He'd be like, well, this is actually too smart for me. I just want to have Michael stab people. So, yeah. No. I'm not sending him any of my materials. Stabby Stabby Shatner. Yeah. I'm ready to go back to the curse of Thorn, you know? (laughs) 
Okay. Like I said, I'm just joking around. The, the, you know, like the ghoul, you know, I'm not that type of person. You know, I'm not all about the looks and stuff like that. I know there's plenty of attractive women out there that love hard That's me. It's just... <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be, as long as they're old. That's not even a lie. Yeah, so, <laughs> so moving away from that, we talked about stream. We talked about everything we need to talk about. So let's talk about Freaks from 2019. Ghoul, this is your pick of the evening. So why don't you go ahead and give us a synopsis and uh, tell us what you thought about the movie. Uh, Freaks, you know, Emil Hirsch is living in a house with his kid. And uh, you think that maybe he's a nut. Maybe he's molesting this kid. Maybe something else is going on in the world. Who really knows? Mm. But lo and behold, this turned into a X-Men film. Oh, oh, oh. Well, it turned into the kind of film that I'd love to see be an X-Men film. I had no idea. You know, I knew that this was like a sci-fi horror film. I had no idea what it actually was about. Um, this is a movie that was on my radar back in 2019 when I first got my A-list hmm. pass. Uh, Okay. I love Emil Hirsch. A big fan uh, of him. Yeah, ever since he was, you know, Matt in freaking the, the Girl Next Door. Uh, you know, fucker for you, Matt. <laughs> fucker for me, um, So, you know, like I, 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 anything I ever see him in, like it just, it, it just goes up a notch or two. Just because I, I love how he performs. I, I love him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Bruce Dern as well. So, so that was another thing. You know, read a light synopsis on it, but but really didn't take much for it. But like I said, I had the the A list, and I was going to go see this in the theater. But then I, something else would come out, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go see that. Or the time would match up, and the only show time would be at like 8:30 at night. And I'm like, eh, I'm not going to go do that because I'm just not feeling it. Um, so ultimately. I never ended up seeing the film until this viewing year. Um, hmm. So, I mean, that's why I picked it. You know, it's on, it was on Netflix. It was easy access. Uh, I had ideas for a different film, but, but everything did not come to fruition for that one. So I just kind of, in an anxious moment of nervous you know, excitement, <laughs> I just threw out Freaks, and, and here we are with Freaks, starring Emil Hirsch and Bruce Dern. The Freaks come out at night. <laughs> oh shit! So, so, all right. So, Dean, what'd you think about Freaks? Uh, so, I knew nothing of this film, and I just want to say I, I too, uh, like uh, Emil Hirsch as a performer. Uh, also, uh, going back to the Girl Next Door, uh, the Girl Next Door. Now, when you said this, it's funny because you said this about uh, Devin Sawa earlier, and I was going to say this about Emil Hirsch. For some reason, <laughs> yeah. to me. He's just one of those actors, Emil Hirsch, who, uh, even though the first film that I saw him in was when he was really young, it's still hard for me uh, watching him in films when he's a grown man. I don't, and he, it's like the only actor that I can think of uh, that I kind of have that thought. Uh, I can't think of, there was something that I saw Devin Sawa in uh, where he was, you know, much older than uh, the last I had seen him. And I was like, oh, there's Devin Sawa. He's just older. But when I see Emil Hurst, I just, maybe it's just he'll always just be mad to me. I don't know what it is, but it's like no matter what I see him in, like, it's hard to, to for me to watch him in like this role as like a father uh, to, to a young girl. But anyway, uh, I knew nothing about this film uh, other than uh, the, the brief a sentence like plot description I saw that was like uh, you know a father has been uh, keeping his daughter uh, indoors uh, away from the world until uh, until one day uh, she finds her way out 
um, which tells you really nothing in any way uh, what this movie is actually about. Um, I I I enjoyed it, uh, but I just thought that it was just so derivative to from so many things. Um, but with that being said, I found it to be uh, you know an engaging like I guess I would even call it a thriller uh, to some degree. Um, hmm. And uh, you know, I was I, I it kept me watching. I, I guess I I liked it. Um, yeah, you know, I guess that's what I have to say about Freaks. Okay, all right, Monkey, what'd you think about Freaks? All right, I went into this movie completely blind. Best way I like it. Um, and yeah, it's like, cool. Thanks for the pick, man. It's like as soon as this movie started, this movie, the way it's written, the way it's paced, uh, the way it's shot, it like. It just pulls me right in. It, it it just throws you into this world and it, it immediately starts fucking with your head about you know you know what what's right, what's normal, what isn't, what's this, what's that, and like you know I immediately was like okay, what the fuck's going on? It's like it was just so well written that it like seriously just pulls you in right off the get you know right off the bat. And I was just from beginning to end, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, as the movie progressed, I was like, okay, okay we're we're having a kind of w- weird ass fire starter thing going on here. And, and then, like you said, it progresses into an X Men movie, if you will, <laughs> a really hardcore dark X Men movie. And I like it that this movie was nice and gritty and in your face, and you know, uh, alternate reality today um but at the same time it had no problem getting bloody and fun and gory at at the same time uh it it had no problem getting its hands dirty and i really enjoyed it for that (laughs) so king what did you think of this movie um i mean everybody's kind of resounded what my thoughts were i mean i'll give a brief thought but yeah, this movie, you know, I'd heard about in 2019 and just kind of paid it no mind. I was like, oh, okay, it's a, a fantasy sci-fi type movie with, with I mean, Harsh Cool. And then I forgot about it. And then for the pick, I saw the posters and I was like, oh, you know what? I remember this one. I just remembered not caring for it. And then I watched it for the show. And yeah, it just, it felt like Firestarter meets an X-Men movie where, you know, you have a, a father-daughter dynamic and it's, the father trying to protect the daughter who obviously has some kind of powers uh, from the outside world and she wants to escape. But yeah, like the Dean had said, it, it's just, I didn't hate this movie, but I also felt like it was just incredibly derivative of things that had come before it. So uh, like I said, I didn't hate it because I thought that Lexi Volker who played the young girl, Chloe was fantastic in her role. And I thought that Emil Hirsch did a great job and Bruce Dern's always Bruce Dern. So I can't really oh, talk about that, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I just, I felt like it was kind of just, it, it was, boring for me in a lot of places like it lagged in a lot of places where i was like okay kind of pick it up a little bit and then you know in the parts where it did i just i kept flashing back to firestarter and i was like well yeah all right you know i mean it, it, they're trying to do something and i appreciate them for that but it's just it's you're not treading new territory it's something i mean maybe for somebody who doesn't know the x-men or maybe somebody who's never seen firestarter they might think this is fantastic like this is so cool and, and it's so great to see this dynamic but you know, if you're like us and you've seen them, you know, you can't help but go back to those movies and think, well, yeah. It's like they watched them and they said, well, what if we combined them both? And we made this like Reese's Pieces Cup type movie where it's like, you got your chocolate, not peanut butter, and vice versa. You know, and that's what you get with uh, with Freaks. 
But no, by no means is it a bad movie. I think it's well acted, but uh, just it's derivative. That was my biggest takeaway. I just thought that and we had, we've been here before. Yeah, but we but we okay. also haven't been there for a while. Um, right. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing. You know, when you, when you look at the, the X-Men films that have come out, they're all based on action or, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess right. you could consider them sci-fi, but it's comic book action. You know, I know as, a, as an mm-hmm. X-Men reader, just like I know the monkey knows as an X-Men reader, that there are these dark, gritty stories, you know, during oh, yeah. the, the Chris Claremont runs and stuff like that. You know, the New oh, Mutants yeah. was supposed to be a dark, gritty, horror-style <laughs> yeah. film. You know, like, I these hope. guys are the ones that, you know, I would love for Disney to tap and say, like, hey, mm. you guys kind of got something there. What can you do if we give you established characters? Can you give us something, you know, dark and gritty? But, again, that also now comes down to, to what they want to do with that. But, yeah, as far as, you know, it being derivative, yeah. I mean, you had Carrie, you had Firestarter, you got any any number yeah. of yeah. horror type of, of elements in which you, you have this parental figure trying to control somebody with powers. Yeah, and also, yeah. Uh, like, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is a movie I watched not that long ago with John Goodman and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Fantastic movie. I got those vibes, too. Mm-hmm. This came much later, 10 Cloverfield Lane, but it's the fact that the father is keeping his daughter within the confines of this house. And, you know, when she's drawing over the walls, it obviously is just kind of like the Paper Street house from Fight Club, where it's falling apart. But he's keeping her in this house <laughs> and keeping her from the outside, practicing the questions over and over again. You know, my name is Chloe, and my favorite color is this, and I like baseball. Like, just preparing her, you know, for a, a, a life, you know, that they might have to live outside of it. And that's why I like those interactions between uh, Emil Hirsch and Lexi Volker. It, it was great. It, they felt like a father and daughter. Like, he was doing everything to protect her, and she was being a bratty kid. Like, why can't I get ice cream? Well, because we can't go outside. Why can't we go outside? Because it's dangerous out there. You know, there's bad men, and you have to stay in here. So you kind of get – I like that dynamic. She just wants to know what's beyond that door. All she knows is that her mom is dead, and she has to stay inside. And as a kid, who wouldn't want to go outside? You want to be kept inside all day by your dad while, you know, you play with fat stacks of cash, card games, and, you know, he drinks his <laughs> Gatorade, you know, which I thought was going to come into play for some reason why he has to drink that Gatorade, but I guess he just likes it. I was kind of hoping that would be like a special power or something. like that. <laughs> It's a particular thing, and he has to drink. But no, it just seemed like it was just Gatorade. I took it as energy drinks, and that's probably how he was able to stay awake. True, yeah. I, I, mean, yeah, I, I think it was right. just the device yeah. for her to be able to possibly sprinkle the poison thing in, you know? So they kind of like had to, mm. to set up that he was always <laughs> drinking that, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Like I said, I liked it because they kept it up throughout the movie. Like, especially like you said, uh, go with the poison. Um, but she dreams of a life outside. Like she could look outside, and she sees the outside uh, until one day she gets a picture book by uh, Mr. Snowcone, which, again, we're dipping into the PSA moment of this movie where it's like, okay, this is every parent's worst nightmare. We got the fucking old man in the ice cream truck <laughs> dropping off books going, come outside. Come on. It's cool out here. Get some ice cream. Well, like, you know? Yeah. To, to make it worse, though, in this film – you know, as as a parent, you know, you're always telling your yeah. kids, don't go with strangers, don't go in the back of the truck, don't, you know, don't do mm-hmm. this. In this movie, it goes and it shows you, hey, you know what, they're not all bad, and sometimes if you want to go to the park with the ice cream man, go right on ahead, hop right on in, you're looking to go. 
<laughs> oh, that whole scene had me going. Like when, when, you know, she tells her dad, like, I want you to go get me ice cream. He goes out, and I love the fact that he comes running in with, like, a gunshot wound to his, like, his side. He's like, oh, God damn it. Runs into the kitchen, like, bandages it, and she's like, where the fuck is the ice cream, man? Where's the ice cream, man? <laughs> so that's, that's, so perfect, that's perfect kid thinking, though. You know, it yes, doesn't matter it what is, the emergency yeah. situation is. That, that is exactly <laughs> how a kid would, would think. Um, and yeah. again, like, I found that well, fun. And like you said before, you know, what's, what's good about her, this actress, I mean, obviously, yeah. Emile Hirsch, who you know, looks-wise in this movie, just, it, it, it baffles my brain that nobody is... Too young to be her dad. With him, we need, no, 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 actually, no, he should, That's what he I should thought. be fine with that. Um, no, yeah. but somebody needs to take him and put him together with Jack Black in a film as siblings, because he should make a skinnier <laughs> version of Jack Black in this film, yeah. with that beard and that look and everything. You could, you could probably... If you if you wanted to make this a slightly more comedic performance, you put Jack Black in this film and you can still keep it a thriller. You're just going to have a little more humor in it. Um, but, you know, what she actually toes the line with, which is so hard for child actors these days, is yeah. being the bratty kid without being an annoying performance. You know, and that yeah, she that's nails. True. You know, she she's never yeah. annoying. It's just more like, wow, man, that kid like she stops her feet, she wants her shit, and you know, once you know what she can do, you're like, yeah, you better give it to her, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, her it, it was, was definitely really was definitely a very engaging performance. Uh, like I, you know, uh, you know, like the movies with kids uh, in these, playing these kinds of characters that have stood the test of time. She never ne- never came off as like an annoying kid. Uh, she was likable from the from the get-go, from the very beginning. You know, and, and you know, she <clears throat> just wanted to see the outside world like anybody would, you know, after a while being stuck in there. You know, and, and when the father comes running in and he's been shot and he's, you know, or maimed at least in the side and he passes out, she's like, well, fuck this guy. Like, seriously, like, he's fucking laying on the floor. I'm going to get a fat stack of cash, and I'm going to go over to the ice cream <laughs> man. He's waiting outside. And, he, you know, he's like, I just uh, love Bruce Dern because he's just so, he's just so, like, apparent with her. He's like, what do you want? Uh, ice cream, please. A hundred? I got a shitload of ice cream <laughs> for that kind of cash. <laughs> so, anyway, you want to get in the back of my van? Sure. And all of a sudden, the parents are screaming. Oh, my God. Kids, don't do that. Don't get into the stranger's ice cream truck. He's not going to take you to a park. He's going to take you to a fuck shed. <laughs> okay. But this is also the first time she's actually seeing the outside world at all. You know, she's feeling the wind yeah. on her face. She's, you know, feeling mm-hmm. a different temperature than the stuffy inside. You know, and she's seeing other people walking around on the street. You know, there there is a world out there. You know, and it's just, you know, nothing seems bad. So why no. has the, the dad been prote- trying to protect her and sa- saying, you have to do this right. You know, if you're not normal, you're going to end up fucking dead. If you're not normal, you're going to end up shot. You know, so, you know, but what's so bad about this world? And then we get to and the you, yeah. and we see. Yeah. <laughs> but you also see the billboards where they have a person with a blood drop coming out of their eye. And she's like, well, what's wrong with that guy? Like, why is that a big deal? And he goes, oh, they defaced those billboards. 
It's really not. It's just graffiti, you know, leading up to, to why they, they hunt them and how they find them. Because like you said, monkey, they go to the park, and it becomes a thing of this guy is pressuring her into just revealing what she is. You know, can you fly? Can you go off the swings? You get mad. Like trying to bring something out of her, and she doesn't know what. He knows. She doesn't. And that's when the cops show up, and they're like, hey, old man, why are you fucking with that girl? Like, like any fucking cop would. Like, oh, we're just leaving, well, bud. Yeah, just getting out of here. Like, well, okay, again, I'll let you go. We've also gotten clues. We've gotten clues to the fact that, you know, besides him saying, you know, you need to be normal, we're getting clues, you know, we're right. seeing a, a ghost character in a thing. Um, mm-hmm, the, the, yeah. the neighbor's daughter next door at one point when the girl is looking at her through the window and she's asking you know, please bring me ice cream, please bring me ice cream, not to her directly because she's, you know, way too far away to hear her. Yet right. the girl does it and brings it to her. Um, you know, one thing, too, Show is whenever uh, Emile Hirsch's character falls asleep, you kind of get this wavery effect, and if you paid attention to mm-hmm. the television when that effect happened, you were getting the real yeah. world's news as opposed to the television that he was allowing her to see to keep her from knowing That's what right. was actually yeah. going mm-hmm. on in the world. Which was a big moment for her, too, when she put on the headphones to listen to the news. Because he put the headphones on to keep her from listening. So she couldn't mm-hmm. listen to the news as he was watching it. And that was, a, you know, a big thing. But also, like you said, with the next-door neighbor, Chloe can bring that neighbor into her house, you know, and into the attic. Like, she can transport people into her wherever she is. So you could be next door, and she could think- put you right where she is. Yeah. No. Well, I, I think what I, it is I, is, yeah. is where actually she's going there. Um, and she's, okay. just, right. she's not seeing that her surroundings have changed. She's just seeing things mm. from those people's perspectives with them. Uh, like te- it's basically uh, like okay. a, a form of telepathy. Yeah, it was, a, yeah. it was a little confusing because I didn't know which way it was going. If she was there or, or she was bringing people to her. I mean, I got the whole thing of, of her repeating the words over and over again to make people do what she wants them to do, like go away, go away, go away. To go away, but the the, the transport you know the the transplacing of, of uh, bodies kind of like astral projection. That's where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure, but okay. There, there you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like telepathic astral projection. Yeah, like like when the girls run into her attic when they're at the party, and then she's like, well, "What are you doing here?" So yeah, I mean, obviously you guys are right. You know, now that I think about it, you know, what are you doing in my yeah, room? Yeah, well, the girl said <laughs> she crashed my party. She shows up in my room at night, you know, to, uh, when, when we're later in the film and she's talking to her parents about it. Right. Yeah, because she doesn't like her at all. And, yeah, and I kind of felt bad for her in that scene, too. When the girls are running around and all of a sudden she's like, what are you doing here? And they start calling her a freak. I was like, yeah, stop it. We're all freaks in our own way. Come on. Like, you know, get over yourselves. You guys aren't that cool. She can fucking ask yeah. project, okay? What do you guys do? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, but they're calling her a freak <laughs> because at the same time, it, you know, in the X-Men movies, it's like calling someone a mutie, okay? In this mm-hmm. world, freak, freak yeah. is their mutie, okay? You know, you, you bleed from yeah. your eyes. You have powers. You're supposed to call, you know, <laughs> the police. You know, uh, I believe it's the ADP, you know, um, to call ADF. and ra- round these people up. There we go. Thank you. The ADF. Because, you know, also in the story, there had been a great cleansing in the, you know, in the country where they had rounded it most of them up and gathers them all up and put them into a concentration camp. <laughs> Again, very right. X-Men, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Genosha. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. 
that's what they, yeah, that's where that, like you said, that was their term, freaks, and that's why they called her that. I still don't like it. I felt bad for her. But no, and they also, I, I like the fact that they have those special flashlights. Like, that's how you can tell if they're a, a freak, is because they bleed from their eyes. So if they have, like, a trail, you can see that they're a freak. But again, that was kind of shaky for me, because you can just watch it. Yeah, well, it's not a neuralizer. It's just a flashlight, but I kind of no, thought that you just watch it. No, I know. I well, know what you mean, It's like a UV. A yeah, yeah, you know. Okay, to, but to in the, it, but, yes, so, but sure, you can wash it, but you have to make sure you use hydrogen peroxide because also right. if we're talking about this kind of stuff, you don't know if freaks, all right, have a special chemical enzyme in their blood that actually stains right. their skin. You know, so you got to think mm-hmm. about that kind of shit when you watch these weird-ass movies. That's why you got to use hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> you can't use water, man. Well, <laughs> I wasn't thinking of that. But but also, like you said about – because I think it's called – what is it? Uh, Modoc Mountain is where they, they send people. Mendoc yes. Mountain yes. is where they send, like, the freaks. That's where they get tortured. Again, I went back to Firestarter, and I thought about the Institute that they bring all the people with special powers to. And George C. Scott's oh, going, Scott. oh, my God, i got to kill them all. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. That's what, uh, they, <laughs> yeah, that's what I kept thinking. I was like, what if she's going to start fires? But no. But I also like the fact that Bruce Dern, as the ice cream man, Mr. Snowcone, reveals himself to be uh, Alan. That's his, her mother's grandfather. And he has a picture of her, and Chloe doesn't know who her it is. And he says, that's my daughter. They took her away. And at one point, she's like, well, can I have this picture? And he goes, God damn it, no. No, it's mine. <laughs> I mean, that's the last thing. She, like, stop being such an asshole. Like, and she's like, well, come on. And he's like, all right, I guess you could have it. Like, keep it just, you know, it's a rental. You know, I just I just yeah. love how gruff he was with her. He didn't hold back. He was just going to give it to her, and that was it. And giving her the drugs. Like, if you ever want to see me again, shaky, shaky, put this in your dad's drink, and it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, and I'll come, and you could come see me. We can hang out. But, again, we have this very tense kind of devolving relationship between father and daughter with Henry and Chloe because she wants out. She knows what the world is out there. She wants more of it. She wants to see her grandfather again. So I love it when she tries to poison him with what Alan gave her. And he's like, oh, that's so great. You brought me a drink? Like, awesome. Like, you are the best daughter. Oh, my God. What the fuck is this? Is that, is that <laughs> fucking poison? <laughs> you were trying to poison me? It's a sleep aid. Like, I was like, it's man, what it is. She's not trying to kill not trying to kill him, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> put him to sleep for a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, he, yeah, uh, we don't we know what his power is, though. I mean, again, obviously, if you watch enough of these science fiction and, and no, you can tell. You know, mutant superhero type of things, you get an idea of what it is. You know, I think if you've seen, uh, what the hell is that other one called? Uh, the Butterfly Effect. You know, that you oh, yeah. similar yeah. effect to mm-hmm. that as well. And I actually like that movie. That's a decent one. You know, I don't like Ashley Kutcher. The first one was great. I'll watch that one. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan Suffolk was good. Yeah, it was a little Amy Smart. Good movie. But like we had said, he's discovering the outside of that movie, man. Oh, yeah, he was. With that video camera? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh Want to play Robin Hood? No, sir. (laughs) No. (laughs) He got what was coming to him. But um, so once she gets a taste of the outside world, of course, she's going to want more of it. That's why she tries to give her dad the sleeping agent so he'll fall asleep and she can go see her grandfather again. But that doesn't quite work. So now he's got to try to throw her in the attic, leave her there where she gets more visions of her uh, mother. But I like the plan that Alan comes up with to get her out of the house where he's going to dress up like a priest and he's going to go see Cecilia Fox, uh, you know, the special agent 
And just the whole back and forth the entire time where he's like, oh, you know, doing the Lord's work. She's a freak. And no, I'm not. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yes, you are. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm really not. He's like, you shut your fucking mouth. Like, I'm trying. We need to go to Mendoc Mountain, please. And she's like, I don't think it works that easily. I don't. Oh, no, it's fine. No, I have to go with her because, like, God said so. Like, just, the, you know, the fact that he was trying to sell this and the entire time she knows it's a fake. You know, she just knows that there's something up. You know, this particular, he's not showing any signs of bleeding in his eye because, obviously, like you said, hydrogen peroxide works. But, you know, the plan falls to shit, and they have to, to run because she can't stop saying, stop calling me a freak. And that fucking poor yeah. cook, man. That poor cook. Like that. Uh. <laughs> uh, I like, it was a great move on Bruce Stern's oh. part, though, you know. Oh, oh man. Can I have that pen? I just figured he was going to stab him and kill him. The fact that he poked the eye to make him bleed, to send him out there to be the one to take the shot, yeah, that was great. But that's also what confused me, too, is that they bleed from the eye, so that's how you can tell they're a freak. But I don't think they come running out of rooms going, ow, ah, like, you know, like that. I think they just bleed from the eye. I was like, clearly, he has a wound. Yeah, yeah, and and again, in, in this world, you don't know, you know, and, and yeah, the other thing is the you know the the grandfather is like you know he's hard on the you know our our on Chloe you know he's trying to turn her make her into a weapon you know if you will oh, yeah. you know he's yep. the cable if anything he's the cable of this movie he he doesn't really have that mm. many ties to her yet you know he's just seeing this as a weapon to be, or a tool to be able to get and save his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- I just I love the fact that he tries to do it, and she's kind of trusting of him from the get-go. But, yeah, the whole thing was, well, they have to go back, and they race back to Chloe and Henry's house. And he's just walking, what the hell did he do? All right, I could explain. Hey, we got to go for a second. And then they fucking teleport somewhere else. I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. When they fucking <laughs> teleport away, leaving well, Chloe did, in the middle of the street going, what the fuck? Did, oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. When Emil Hirsch did that. Yeah. Um, I thought you meant yeah. when uh, yeah. Stern... Because all his power is to get invisible. Oh, no. um, that's what I thought was yeah. a cool little uh, thing dropped during that uh, one interview sequence that mm-hmm. is occurring in the film, in which uh, you find out that like the the powers increase generationally. So whereas like mm-hmm. Bruce's power, you know, like his power is simply invisibility. But you know, by the right. time you get to his daughter. You know, her power is what it is, and obviously her kid will be even stronger and so forth. Like, in that interview, you know, again, for world-building purposes, they're like, you know, they classify the children of these people as weapons of mass destruction. I mean, there, is some, there must be some serious power sets out there. I'd really mm-hmm. love to see it. You know, like, they should marry this with the world of Brightburn. Ooh, that yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I thought about that, too. I was thinking about yeah. Brightburn. Especially, especially when she yeah, gets pissed, but... when Chloe gets pissed. And she could make people put guns against her head and show like that. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> when she gets angry. But, but like the ghoul said, like also when they I'm talked mad. about the, you know, classifying him as weapons of mass destruction. You know, and they talked about, um, you know, the incident where, you know, De- Dallas was, you know, pretty much level. You know, lost and they had other cities. <laughs> other cities yeah. ar- ar- around the country like that. You know, where it's these... You know, because of all these children now who had powers and they were wrangling them up because 
again, they couldn't control them. But then again, the ADF also wants to sit there and get their own freaks and take them and mold them and make their own superpower powerful. You mean the government wants to do evil shit with people? No way. They only want to help us. No way they want to turn people into weapons of mass destruction. They just want to make <laughs> them that's, nice. That's, that's why this is a fictional movie, King, because the government would never, ever do something like that in the real world. No. <laughs> I completely trust the government in everything that they do, including the <laughs> government spending of drones to blow up cities. Like in this movie, I was like, yeah, that's the government. That's that military spending right there. Now we got a thunder mm-hmm. fucking bolt drone in the air ready to fucking drop a bomb and make this city a fucking crater in the earth. That's the military. <laughs> That's the most honest thing about this movie is that they just have missiles and they just want to drop them. You know, they don't care. <laughs> Give us a reason. <laughs> Fingers on the button. <laughs> yeah, but and, and the fact that they're yeah. always within strike kept Tony Stark in business. Too. <laughs> right. Until yeah, he realized he did, yeah, but, bad. Yeah, but he... He didn't know he was selling to both sides. That wasn't him. That was his partner. Yeah, yeah I just believe in America. Obadiah is the one that's putting in uh, the other side. I don't believe what Obadiah is doing. It's all good as long as you're killing the side that you don't like. Got it. That's right. <laughs> um, but once, you know, they, once Chloe is back with Henry, he's like, all right, so the time is now. We have no more time to waste. So we're going to go across the street to the reeds. We've been planning on this, so now I'm going to drop you up at the reeds, give him some fat stacks of cash, and I'm going to take off because the heat's on, and mm-hmm. I don't Do want you to be part of it. You've been training so, for yeah, this moment your whole life. Right. You've been ready for this. You've been, Literally. You've been good, like, you know, but, but the fact that he tells her outside about what his powers are and the fact that for people in the area, it's only been a couple months, but for her, it's been seven years. Like, he's been keeping this time loop going and staying awake so that, yeah, months for some people, but he's raised her that entire time. So I was like, okay, that's cool. All right, I'm in that power. That's cool. You know, be able to bend time like that. That's why they always had the Gatorade and shit is because the water never ran while he was awake. So So they had to have something. So they had to have something to drink. There you go. See? Look at that. Now we figured it out. So there we go. But. He explains that it's a lot to drop on her in that particular <laughs> moment when all she wants to do is eat a fucking thing of mashed potatoes. And she went hard. Those mashed potatoes. I was like, you know, <laughs> let just let her eat. And, well, here's your cash. Uh, guess we're going to be on our way out. And that's when the little daughter of the Reed says, well, she comes in my room, like we had said, and, and all this stuff. Like, oh, uh, we don't want her here anymore. I don't think she should be here anymore. Yeah, your daughter's a freak. Dude, I will double the money. <laughs> I don't even want it. It's, no, you have to go. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I, I would have taken the money. I would have been like, fuck it. Who cares? We're going to raise a freak. And he's going to send him money every month. Yeah, but the woman's husband even with all that stack it. of cash, the daughter uh, was going to blow it. Like, it didn't matter how much oh, yeah, cash. Was. Like, that, there was no, you know, given all of the visits and the, the sequence at the slumber party, like, that girl was over it. She was not having it, and she wasn't going to stay silent, obviously, and have this girl come in and live in her home. So uh, there was no way that that was going to, to no, be wasn't. a situation no. that was going to work. Uh, and then you could see how quickly the two parents started fighting over it. So, Oh, um, yeah. yeah. The guy's like, I want the money. I was like, yeah, right on, man. Just tell your wife to just go make the mashed potatoes. Like, you know, just sit down and relax. We're going to have some money. You know, it's going to be okay. But no, 
Nancy Reed has to call the ADF and bring them over, which leads to a cop coming to the house and answering her call. But, of course, Chloe, her powers are, are strengthening in a lot of different ways and makes the cop stab out Nancy's eye. So she's a freak. <laughs> gun her down in front, in front of I just, I loved it. You know, the fact that she almost had the cop killed by his own gun, but they stopped her before she could do it. But, of course, get Nancy out of the way. Fuck her. Nancy Reed. <laughs> he was out of this. <laughs> and I love the fact that you see the father and the daughter being led into a fucking ADF van. <laughs> Handcuffed and being thrown into the back of an ADF van and driven away. Like, the, you know, during that whole exchange. Like, yeah, they're, they're freaks. They're not normal. <laughs> Take them away. You know? Yeah, because they suck. So lead them away. You know, because across the street yeah. where Henry and Chloe and Alan are, they're having their own fucking trouble. Because now Chloe's trying to break her mom out of Maddox Mountain. That's going to be easy. <laughs> it's like, man, this four little girl, give her a bowl of ice cream at the end of this. <laughs> and once we get to Maddox Mountain, I was, like, really impressed just because of the set. They were on, I was like, holy shit, they yeah, spent they some cool. fucking money. It's like, this, this is fucking tight. This is, this is straight up cool shit right here. <laughs> yeah, it definitely gave me like the Wolverine vibes, like when he, you know, they showed his flashback with Brian Cox. I was like, "Yep, that's the same set." <laughs> Just recycling it for this movie, but no, it's it's a different one that they're using, uh, trying to insert this, you know, serum into Mary. But Chloe uses her powers to turn the needle on the doctor, and then she possesses the fucking bodyguard. And that was my favorite when he's walking around going, "I don't know, mommy. I don't know if I should go through this door, mommy." Uh, <laughs> I, love, I, I love you too, mommy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you see the Dodgers game last night? I think they won it. I like baseball. <laughs> okay. I love this guy's performance. It was funny. <laughs> I'm scared, mommy. Big fucking muscle-bound guy. You know, leading Mary's you know, body down the hall so they can get out. And uh, Henry has to change into some clean clothing, put on some eyeglasses, because Cecilia Ray has shown up at his house. And I love when he opens the door, he's like, oh, hey, so what's happening? Like, something <laughs> going on across the street? She's like, yeah, well, I want to talk to you. And can I come in? Like, well, sure, I guess. <laughs> you know, sorry for the mess. You know, I rent the place. And I'm like, yeah, the thing's falling apart. Like, <laughs> the floorboards are missing. There's drawings over the wall. Oh, yeah, it's a little messy. Don't mind this. <laughs> and the whole yeah, time she is in charge. She knows. She knows what's going on. Yeah. She's like, you know, looking at his eyes. I could smell the, the peroxide. So why don't you fucking tell me the truth? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just a simple guy I wearing eyeglasses. I was waiting for the twist so that she was going to be one of them. You know, and then mm, that yep. like, yeah. it was going to be the case of which it was a freak yeah. hunting freaks, you know, and They've done that in the X-Men a bunch of times, and uh, it's oh, one yeah. of those easy-to-do flips. That's wait, like, wait, yeah. Oh, my God, she turned on her own people. How could she? That would have better. Django. Yeah, but no, it, it, that would have been even better if they did that. I would have been impressed. But no, she's just on to him, and she's working on the side of the government. So she's just there you know, to say basically, hey, listen, we'll take Chloe. We'll bring her to Medoc Mountain. Not a big deal. And he's like, well, you know, I mean, can I see her? Ooh, see, here's the thing, Henry. You got to die. So it's going to be a big old nano on visits because you're not going to be alive to, uh, you know, see her. He's like, oh, well, that's interesting. So not, no, no more life for me? 
No, no, you're going to have to check out. And then we're going to take your daughter, and it's going to be fine. And then you start to see the gun being unhooked from her side and slowly raising behind her head. And that's Alan. (laughs) Let me handle this bitch. Alan, calm down. (laughs) She's a federal fucking agent. I don't think we can just kill her. FBI agent. (laughs) Oh, you take the fun out of everything, Henry. So we kill one federal agent. No, but you also find out that there's a drone in the sky. You know, so because she's there's a thing going. Yeah, she's like, hey, Grandpa, if you sit there, take me out. Yeah, I'm going to be missing, and then there's going to be a strike right here. Yeah, there's going to be. A, it's just going to drop, and you're all going to be dead, so it doesn't really matter. But then you have that moment where there's a scuffle between all three of them, and the gun goes off. I thought it was great when you see the bubble go around Henry. And you think, okay, well, he's going to slow down time or he's going to move out of the way. No, just in slow-mo, you see that bullet go right into his abdomen. No, <laughs> it was so great. I was like, oh, he's not going to escape that one. That seems kind of mortal. <laughs> just the slow motion of that bullet going in there, knowing that he's mortally moving. No, and he's still going to try to get out of there. Only the, only the slow blade penetrates the shield. Oh, wait, sorry, you haven't seen that king. <laughs> no, I have not, no. But, <laughs> but, but she picks out Alan, she took out Henry, so now she's trying to convince Chloe to go with her because Chloe, in all of this, has been trying to get her mom out of Madoc Mountain. And she's kind of succeeding until things start falling apart and she sees two men walking by and they think maybe something's up. So she's like, well, I'm going to go kill him. No, wait, don't. <laughs> no, we're fine. There's cameras everywhere. Like, you know, it's like, but it's a seven-year-old. Like, I, I like the fact that, again, that's what a seven-year-old would do. They're not going to be like, oh, there's cameras. Like, no, they saw. They might know. So I'm going to have to take them out. <laughs> you know, and that's what, you know, causes everything to kind of fall apart and having the standoff between Ray and Chloe where she's like, it's fine. It's so cool. Like, you just come with me. Everything's going to be fine. She's like, wait a second. You killed my grandfather. Now you gotta die. Like, <laughs> oh no, she's getting fucking angry. She's oh, got the angry face. Slow, bitch. <laughs> oh, it was just that slow movement of the barrel of that gun underneath her chin. She's like, "I stop it, Chloe. Don't do it." Bam. I was like, "Yeah, see that? Can't fuck with Chloe, can you? She's seven years old." <laughs> you know? I was like, "Okay, Chloe's kind of a badass." Like I was enjoying it. Like you know, she just took out a federal agent. Alan couldn't do yeah, it, so she could, but, yeah. And that's what I'm liking about this movie is that it has no problem to get dirty when it needs to and actually show you shit. You know, I, I was enjoying yeah. this, man. You know, this this is the kind of blood and sprawl we want to see in the next one movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why, you know, but it, it's hard with those movies as far, like, you know, as far as violence goes, to how much you can show. Like, even, like, Deadpool, I think it might have been the bloodiest of all of them. But, you know, yeah, this one was fine. You know, it's not as good as, as Brightburn. Brightburn, I still think, holds my, my heart for gorious kills by a little kid, you know, against people. Yeah, he, he fucks people. Wow. Yeah, you, you just like that eyeball scene. Ooh, so good. Yeah, yeah give me that scene all day, all day. But, you know, once, once all that's out of the way, Henry, you know, is dying. Like he, He's dying from that bullet wound. There's no way he's going to survive that. So he basically grabs her and runs her out of the house just as the drone destroys that entire house. And that's his last kind of heroic act to save his daughter. It's to, to, you know, run her out of that house before he dies. And 
again, they've had this very kind of back and forth, loving but also antagonistic relationship. I mean, she has said multiple times in this movie, I hope you fucking die. I hate you. But, you know, in that moment when he is actually dying, you know, you have that moment where, she, you know, that's her dad and he's dying. So, again, you feel for that girl, you know, that, that as much as she hated him, he did everything he could to protect her. I think she realizes that at the end. You know, that, yeah, he did try, but there's no going back. Chloe's got to fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but that, but that's when Mary, the mom, has gotten out of Maddox Mountain. And then we sit there and see her go fucking Super Saiyan, all right, where, you know, she, she says, <laughs> You know, they're they're still her and Chloe are still you know connected telepathically, you know. And Mary's yeah. like, "Look, don't worry, I'm coming. I feel you." And then Sonic Boom guards explode all over the camera. Fucking <laughs> yeah. loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she fucking and she just fucking takes off. You know. So I don't know what her powers are. You know. All I know Quite. is just Sonic Boom. She she takes off. What? No, I'm saying yeah yeah. You know. Later did research. You know. I didn't. Because I didn't realize that they were all limited to only one power, you know, especially with right, seeing right. the mom, you know, doing the sonic boom shit and then flying off. You know, I didn't know if maybe she had multiple powers, but either way, yeah, you know. Well, also the mom had said earlier, off. too, that she can't use her power until she gets outside. I was thinking maybe she yeah. had something, you know, maybe she had something like poison IVS powers where she can control, like, nature or something like that. But, yeah, it turns out mm. that she's, uh, she's a boom boom. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But yeah, you know, it's like cannibal. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, cannibal. Um, but you know, as Chloe's sitting there underneath, you know, the rubble of what's left of the house and shit like that, you know, she's crying over the body of her dad, and that's when you hear just this, you know, crack owl sound, and all of a sudden all the guards are like, "Oh fuck, she's here! Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> and then you just start hearing guns and cannons and shit like that going off like a motherfucker. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and, and then, yeah. the one thing we didn't mention. Oh, go ahead. The one thing we didn't mention. The one thing we didn't mention earlier is when Henry, uh, after everything's been going on, Henry goes outside of the house to confront the ADF agents because they're ready to breach the house. And he's like, "I got a hostage, Cecilia Ray. I'm gonna fucking kill her." I'm going to blow your heads up if you guys come in here. And they're like, yeah, whatever. We're going to come in there. But then he pulls, like, the fucking Quicksilver move. He runs out of the house, and he just stops time, and then just fucking blows away five of the ADF agents. and just goes, eh, walks back in the house. And then bodies drop to the ground. I was like, that's pretty badass. I was like, I need more of that. Yes. <laughs> or he's just, you know, side-arming yeah. shit. Yeah, the fourth act, man, you know, it definitely, definitely picks up, man. It it, it just becomes a, a really fucking fun roller coaster ride. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I was digging it. Like you said, I, I like yeah. seeing their powers. I like seeing their powers and how they were used. You're finally getting it. Um, like you said, with the sonic boom of Mary, the mom, you know, when she finally lands at the rubble and sees her daughter and it's comforting her and it's a, finally they're back together, you know, and they could do whatever they want. And she's like, well, uh, I guess we have to go back into hiding. And Chloe's like, fuck that shit. We are not hiding. <laughs> we are going to fucking live our lives. Ice cream every day. Fat stacks of cash. Gambling, hookers, blow, anything. I'm seven. I just killed a federal agent. I don't have a bedtime anymore. So let's just go <laughs> fucking hang out. 
and my and mom's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then she puts on a pair of sunglasses, and she's like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that doesn't happen, but it would have been great if it did, but no. They, you know, they just take off because she never wants to have to hide again, and she shouldn't have to hide. I mean, of course, they still live in this world. There's always going to be the ADF. You know, they're always going to have to be on their toes. But at the same time, they're not going to have to newspaper up the windows and lock all the doors and never go out. Like, she's just not going to let that happen. But, yes, me, they would be public enemy number one with the ADF. They're going to have pictures everywhere <laughs> of these two, you know, and they're not going to be safe anywhere. You know, wherever they go, they're going to be tracked. But for the time being, Chloe's just happy to fucking be out of there and living the life that she wants, you know, embracing her powers and loving who she is. What a message. Yeah, uh, it was a fun movie. Yeah, I, I, I well, dug it. I really liked it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, despite the you know, like the you know the repetitiveness of, of the things and and just seeing the stuff before, it's still a decent movie. Like I said at the start, it's a well acted movie. You know, the all everybody did great, and you know, showing the powers was great. I kind of wanted to see more of other freaks and seeing what they were capable of. But again, this is a, a small world movie in the grand scheme of things yeah. where it's just, we're, we're keeping it just to these people. So like the ghoul had said, you know, I would want more of these if they were going to show different powers and different locations. It might be fun, but you know, we, we have to show this first, but I, w- I wouldn't mind. We're kind like of getting series. that, but we kind of get that with like the boys and stuff like that now too, you know? So oh, yeah. we're seeing, mm-hmm. we're seeing shows and films that are at least exploring the more dangerous nature of what a realistic powered person could be. It's not necessarily like, oh, hey, this guy shoots flames out of his hands and he's going to go rob banks and, and do shit like that. No, it's as simple as this woman who has the ability to fly, well, when she takes off, you know, it can blow fucking people's bodies up. You know, we saw that with yeah. A-Train when he yeah. ran through, you know, ran through his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, man. What a moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it just it was a fun. One. So yeah, now overall, not a bad movie. It's kind of hard to to genre this movie though, because it's not. It, it's I guess it's kind of sci-fi thriller. You know, it's one of those things where it's kind of yeah, it, it lands in all of them a little bit. Yeah, it does. I took it as like you know, yeah, uh, just mixed up with like sci-fi thriller drama, if you will. <laughs> Mm-hmm. With yeah, lots yeah. of fun gore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so that was Freaks. Uh, so next week, Dean, I believe the pick is yours. What do you have for us? You believe the pick is mine, and you are correct. Uh, we okay. are going to take a trip to the far, the mysterious far east, uh, once again. France. And okay. will be, is, <laughs> France is not the mysterious <laughs> far east, right? <laughs> <laughs> There is nothing to get about the, the words mysterious Far East that says France. Well, no, if... <laughs> but if you would like to watch a French film, I can do a quick search and find something. But uh, we are going to be watching no. a 2020 film from South Korea uh, that could be found oh. on Netflix uh, that is called Alive. Just what? Is it about a plane that goes down? No, so, that is the 1993 American <laughs> biographical survivor drama uh, based on the 1974 book. Uh, this is a South Korean film uh, that is from 2020 on Netflix that 
does have the same title as the property that you are talking of, but it is a much different film. Oh, this is hashtag alive. I see it right now. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hashtag alive. It, Forgive it, me. Forgive me. Hashtag. Yeah, by Il Cho. Okay. Yeah. No. Hey, listen. You know, you, you've been successful with your, your South Korean picks. You know, you've, you know, you've been hitting out of the park when you go there. So we'll have to see what happens with the hashtag alive. So, so here we are. Absolutely not. Yeah. For for our Halloween season, as it continues next week with the Dean's pick of Hashtag Alive by Ilcho. Yes. Which is available on Netflix if you guys want to watch at home. So, Dean, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, it's been my pleasure to talk about all of these things we talk about uh by next Wednesday, I would imagine that all of us will have seen Halloween Kills uh, by then, so I'm imagining we'll yep. have much to talk about. I'm seeing it on Friday. All when of us, except, for, except for Monkey. Monkey won't go to yeah, the theater. I got Peacock. He'll see it next year. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I know. I forgot. They're doing the, uh, the Peacock release. The day and well. date. Yeah, so Monkey will see yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's we're going to be going Saturday, so. Yeah. <laughs> I will be seeing it on Friday. No spoilers. So, nope. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to watch it again, and, you know, that'll be it. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about it next Mike, week, folks. I won't kill it. I will spoil mm-hmm. the shit out All of it. Right. Michael kills firefighters, motherfuckers. No way. It's a nerve. It's a nerve. maybe a cop's going to die, too? Should we start a position for cops? I don't know. They don't seem to really care too much if Michael kills one of their own. The firefighters you have to worry about. Them and their hellraisers. Them and their petitions. <laughs> All right. Well, Monkey, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week for Hashtag Alive. All right. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Hashtag Talking Terror. All right. So why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off as well, Google? Hashtag Scare. Uh, everybody. Hashtag Love Your Local Firefighters. <laughs> Hashtag Go see horror films. Hashtag stay scared. Uh, Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Hashtag thank you so much for listening to this episode tonight. We'll see you back here next week for the Dean's Pick of Hashtag Alive, like we said, which is found on Netflix. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying thank you so much for listening to this episode. The spooky month of October continues. We're narrowing it down. We're almost there to the 31st. Keep up with AMC, where they got the whole lineup of scary movies to watch during the week. So is sci-fi. Chucky, always on Wednesday nights, uh, Tuesday nights, rather, at 10 o'clock. So it's a good time to be a horror fan, folks. I'll tell you that much. I'll see you back here next week. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Odorous. I thought it was a... With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.